This is episode 46 with Alf Herigstad. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this episode. As you know, I am Wally Carmichael and I am your host for Men of Abundance, the Pay It Forward podcast and community. Today our featured guest is Alf Herigstad, another amazingly abundant leader, and I'm going to introduce him in just a minute. But before we do, I'm going to share with you an opportunity for you to be abundant in your life today. I believe it's important for all of us to take some sort of abundant action every single day. Not just a thought, an action. Do something every single day that is abundant. That can be something as simple as picking up a piece of trash as you're walking down the street instead of just stepping over it. Or it can be something much bigger in standing up for somebody who's being treated wrongly. Seems like that shouldn't be very hard to do, but believe me, I've seen it. It's very hard for some people to do. But regardless of what it is, do something, take some sort of action to be abundant in your actions today. By doing that, being abundant in your mindset and being abundant in your lifestyle and actions are going to start coming natural to you. Now, here's an abundant action that you can do right now, right this second, and it costs you absolutely nothing. Share Men of Abundance on your Facebook page. Share it on your Twitter feed. Talk to somebody about it. If you're sitting next to somebody right now and you're listening to this, pause this and say, hey, have you ever heard of podcasts? And if they have or they have not, introduce them to men of abundance. If they have an iPhone, grab their iPhone. Ask them, can I see your iPhone real quick? Did you know that you have a podcast app on your iPhone? When you look at their phone and you look on their apps, there's a purple app that says podcast on it. Click on that. And search for Men of Abundance and subscribe them to this podcast. Or tell them about www.menofabundance.com. That's where most people listen to the podcast at anyway. Then from there they have the option to either listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or they can subscribe on Android. All the buttons are right there on the podcast player. And... You can go there and click on the leave a review button, go directly to iTunes and leave an amazing review and talk about your experience with listening to Men of Abundance. I would truly appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing Men of Abundance with other people who are looking for these amazing conversations. They just don't know it yet. You sharing Men of Abundance and leaving a review is a very abundant action and is truly appreciated. Now let me introduce you to our featured guest. Alf Herigstad is a lifelong entrepreneur of four different industries, construction, fitness, transportation, real estate, and now as a host of Being a Better Man podcast. He's a veteran of the Army, a former boxer, a farmer, a reality personality in Norway, a father of three, and grandfather of nine. All of his experiences has culminated into a driving passion to now share the things he has learned with the rest of the world particularly with other men. His message, be a better man today than you were yesterday, and then keep doing that 
until the day that you die. Alf, welcome to Men of Abundance. Hey, thank you so much, Wally, for having me on this show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's my pleasure. There's few guys that I actually reach out to. A lot of guys have been referred to me uh, as of late, but I was messing around on Facebook somewhere. I think it was. I'm sure it was. I have it in my notes somewhere because I usually keep track of where I get connected. And if somebody connects me, I make sure I return the favor somehow. But um, I sought you out. I saw your something that you had posted on on social media on Facebook, most likely, and I did a little, bit, you know, did a little bit of stalking. <laughs> kind of see who you are because even though some guys are referred to me I don't necess- they don't necessarily resonate with who I am and who my audience is so I kind of gracefully decline and you know say you're doing great stuff but I definitely had to have you on the show man well I appreciate it uh, <laughs> I, I, I really do thank you thank you for that uh, compliment absolutely so where are you at in the world I am in Olympia Washington my wife and I have a little farm here on the land i grew up on so it's pretty awesome man that sounds amazing my wife and i have actually considered uh you know kind of the small not a big farm but kind of the small piece of land where we could have you know certain livestock and stuff like that just for the nothing that would be overwhelming or anything but certainly something that would keep us occupied for sure yeah i've downsized a bit since i started podcasting because i don't have as much time but you know we just have our sheep and goats and chickens and rabbits and are some crops you know just really enough to feed me and my extended family around here no i dig that i really like that and how long have you been doing that for well i grew up here so i've been a farm boy my whole life pretty much uh later on in life i talked my dad into starting an ostrich farm with me so we had an ostrich ranch for about 14 years so uh i've always been in agriculture in one way or another yeah, that's really cool. You ever, ever have any llamas? Have never had a llama. Hmm. Yeah, no. that's something. I don't know. When I was when I was actually going through my transition through, they used to call it ACAP, but now they call it something else, Soldier for Life or something. And I went through Boots to Business, and there was a lady in there who was also, I think she was separating. She wasn't retiring. Uh, she didn't have that much time in, but she was planning on opening a llama farm. Hmm. And... <laughs> I was quite intrigued. Uh, you know, where would you go with that, and what exactly would you do? So she had it all planned out. The wool mainly. There's a big alpaca farm out by us. I've thought about getting them because my wife spins wool from our sheep. But if I got a llama or an alpaca, that means I'd have to shear that too, and right. I don't want to. So yeah. yeah. Well, the other reason why I asked for the llama specifically is because I had also heard, and I don't know where I heard this from, but somebody had said or I read it somewhere that when you have goats uh, somehow a a llama is somehow necessary in the mix or somehow have you ever heard anything like that yeah if you have sheep or 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 goats Mm -hmm. and one llama the llama will take charge and be the protector so like if you're in coyote country or wolf country the llama will keep an eye out for all your other livestock very interesting so there was some truth to that that's very interesting so before we get too much into the show i like to really start out the show with basically the same way i start out most of my mornings which is with an attitude of gratitude what do you have to be grateful for today wally today as every day i'm most grateful for the relationships in my life all of them the my my family and friends that celebrate my existence and give me the freedom to be myself these relationships are the most valuable things I possess. 
Absolutely. Your network is your network, and that does not always translate to cash. Yeah, 10-4. Absolutely. So before we got started here, I gave a very brief bio, talked a little bit about you and and information that I had found on you and stuff you shared with me as well. Um, But I would like to hear from you and kind of work up to kind of we're going to talk about your kick in the gut moment and that is enough is enough moment but let's hear a little bit more about you let's get a little bit personal well i'm i'm an extremely fortunate man i was really just plain lucky because i happened to be born to a couple of great parents at a time in history when my particular brand of individuality was still okay and what i mean by that is i truly believe if i'd have been born in today's world I would have been prescribed with all sorts of medications to tame down my natural curiosity and enthusiasm. I was not an easy kid to raise because as a kid it was my mission every day to test every single boundary and also test the limits of my parents' sanity on a daily basis. But luckily, like I said, I had great parents who managed not to go insane, but instead they were able to play to my strengths and cultivate my virtues and help me identify my shortcomings and I owe them a huge debt of gratitude because I went into adulthood with a really good sense of who I actually was which is kind of rare and that was a key factor in the life that followed because like you um, said in the bio previously I've done a lot of different things I've had a really interesting life and I've taken a lot of risk both in my personal and professional life and sometimes those risks pay off and sometimes they didn't But even when they don't pay off, they didn't work out, I still learned super valuable lessons that are now part of my collective experience. And the reason I was able to live like this and take those risks is because I knew myself. And and because I knew myself, I had the confidence to try anything. And the last big thing I tried was starting a podcast. And I knew virtually nothing about, about podcasting when I started the Being a Better Man. And I had the technological savvy of a kindergartner, but I knew I could learn whatever I needed to, and I did it anyway. And now, here I am over eight months later. It's going pretty well. And because of that risk I took, I'm sitting here talking with you and your audience. That's just another reason why I resonated with you so much, because what you just described is exactly me and my three boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my youngest had such a hard time with with um authority and not really authority just like you said it's it's a question of authority but really it's just a question there's a big question mark and they and they question everything and i questioned everything and the teachers even wanted us to put my he's 22 now and actually in the army and they wanted to put him on Ritalin. They wanted to say he had ADHD and all sorts of kind of stuff. And they said, well, he needs to be evaluated by a medical professional, you know, and all this stuff. And we did. And that medical professional said he's a rambunctious young man and there's nothing wrong with him. And teacher after teacher wanted to diagnose him and put him on Ritalin like they did their own kids, by the right. way. And we just right. absolutely 100% refused and we worked with him, and he finally found a great teacher that was just amazing and had adult ADHD and fully understood. Actually got separated from the Army because of her uh, attention deficit that she was able to control. And she had a different environment in her classroom where the kids were able to do what they wanted. Not what they wanted to do, but they were able to learn the way they learned, which is rare. It's hard to do. Good for you. Good for you, man. Um, 
<laughs> you know, it, it takes all kinds, and uh, and I do I do not want to disparage uh, any parents that have made the choice to go ahead and follow the doctor's advice. I mean, I I won't disparage that at all. I'm just it's not it's not my vote. I mean, in second grade, uh, my teacher I had a teacher who happened to hate boys. And so she really hated me. And <laughs> she she called my mom one day and, and told my mother that that I was insane. Um, <laughs> and and back then, you know, people tended to to believe the authorities. They called in a school psychiatrist and evaluated me. And a school psychiatrist, like your son, said, "Look, he's just got a great imagination. Leave him alone." And uh, yeah, it uh, it takes a lot of work though being a parent to children like that it does and i'm glad you said that that you don't want to bash on anybody any parents that did make that decision and go forward with you know treatment and whatnot because i have seen children that really once they were you know received any whatever sort of treatment that they received uh, it did make a huge difference in their life and i do fully recognize that i just knew it wasn't the case with my son because what i saw in him i was basically looking in the mirror uh, right when I was a kid and in, in, in school, so absolutely. Yeah, and my mom was a full-time at-home mom, and had she had to go out and work or something, I mean, who knows what would have happened to me? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, she had to literally, you know, watch me all the time. Because we had train tracks nearby. I mean, some of the stories that I play on Wednesday um, on my podcast are, are just stories about my childhood about when I did crazy stuff and yeah, it was not easy being my parents. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm surprised they didn't have heart attacks before, you know, much younger. Let's put it that way. So at what point Alf was that, uh, kick in the gut moment? Cause you're, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've got a lot of stuff going on. And like you said, some things worked out, some things didn't work out. So everybody who is forward moving and is progressing in life, they have those kick in the gut moments and those are our learning points. That's why I like to bring this up because I want people to understand, I want men to understand that you're going to have kick in the gut moments if you decide to step up and move outside your comfort zone. So what was your biggest kick in the gut moment? Well, my, my biggest of all time really had nothing to do with uh, my professional life. I was... I'll kind of go back a little ways. I was planning my whole life since seventh grade on being the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. That was my destiny. But right before I turned 18, I had an argument with my trainer. And being a hot-headed 17-year-old, I decided I'd show him, and I joined the Army instead. And at the time, Iran was holding like 30 American hostages, and I thought, it, I, thought I might have a chance to make a difference there. But as it turned out, we never went to war, and I wound up serving five years in the Army. But while I was in, I took one of those big risks I mentioned earlier, and I married the first woman I found that would say yes. <laughs> and uh, I only knew her for two weeks when I asked her to marry me. I was 18, and I know it sounds really crazy, but at the time, I was in a big hurry to have a wife and children. I had... Uh, since the age of five been really working toward that moment when I could have kids of my own because because my own childhood was so awesome I really wanted to have kids so I could do the same thing for them that my parents had done for me and I figured well I'm a man now I got a job 
and nobody could talk me out of it. And believe me, a lot of people tried. Mm -hmm. And when I married her, I was 19, and she already had a two-year-old daughter, which I thought was a bonus because I got to be a dad right out of the gate. And then she became pregnant with who would later become my son. But right after she got pregnant, I got orders to go to Germany. So I went to Germany, but I was able to get leave to come home for the birth of my son. He was born two days after my 20th birthday. And my kick in the gut moment came when it was time for me to go back to Germany. <laughs> there I was at the airport. I'm holding my little two-week-old son, and I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew I had to get on the plane and leave him, but I couldn't. I, I didn't know how to do that. I couldn't let go of him, <clears throat> not knowing for sure when I'd ever get to see him again. So every instinct I had was screaming at me that this was wrong, that my job was to stay with this child and my family and make sure they were safe and protect them from everything and to be with them. And the idea of leaving them just felt so unnatural and wrong. And it was perhaps the most difficult moment of my life. And in that moment, I was wrestling with the idea of not getting on the plane. I thought about maybe I could just go AWOL and take my family to Canada. <laughs> it was really hard. But finally, my father came up to me. I'm on the, you know, the little ramp to get on the plane. And one by one, he prized my fingers off of my son and took him from me. And then, in his fatherly way, made me realize that I really needed to get on the plane. That, that was the best thing I could do for my family. And sitting there on that plane, as it took off, leaving everything I loved behind me, that was my kick in the gut moment. Um, and it didn't go away until we were reunited when my son was six months old. And they were finally able to come and join me in Germany. So that that's my kick in the gut. I can certainly relate to that, uh, without a doubt. Um, I have a very similar background uh, with the military and, and dealing with that a couple times. In fact, coming home and my kid didn't even know who the heck I was on two occasions. So it's very a very tough uh, thing to deal with, without a doubt. Yeah, and some of the things I think I learned from, from that, um, I mean, I had spent my whole life really looking forward to having children, then I finally had them. <laughs> well, for one, I realized I was really ill-prepared to have children at that time, but, you know, what are you going to do? You already have them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just a kid myself, really, and um, I'm really thankful that my dad was there. He was able to help me out, but... Uh, um, and as you'll probably learn later in this episode, I I uh, decided, you know, if I'm going to be a dad, I'm going to be with my children. Yeah, well, let's get into that. So at what point was your pivot point? So you did five years on active duty in the Army, uh, obviously ended up in Germany. And then after, at what point did you transition and get back home and start doing what you're getting towards what you're doing now? Well, I realized after the birth of my third child my daughter that and I was still in the army and I, I but I was because of the job I had I was out in the woods training nine months out of the year 
and my children barely knew who I was. I felt like the milkman. And I would be gone 45 days and come back for two days and then be gone again. And I'm, I'm just like, this is stupid. I mean, if I'm going to be a dad, I need to be a... I need to be with my children. I need to have an influence in their life. And I tried to change um, MOS's jobs. Mm-hmm. But there was a shortage of NCOs in my MOS, so they wouldn't let me. So I decided to get out of the Army after five years. And it was a huge risk because I went in literally right out of high school. And I didn't have any marketable skills. I knew how to box and I knew how to blow up tanks. And that was about it. Um, not a lot of call for, you know, tank blower uppers out on the street, <laughs> right. but I had confidence that I could learn to do whatever I needed. So I just went for it. I got out. Uh, we lived in my parents' basement at first until I got my feet under me and I took the first job I was offered making about three eighty-five an hour, which was minimum wage at the time, I think. And then I found a slightly better job at a company that built fences for $4 an hour. And I worked hard, and I did my best, and I learned everything you know, pretty quickly. And after about four months, I had been put in charge of all the tools and vehicles for the company, as well as becoming the foreman of my own fence crew. And the owner had come to really rely on me for a lot of things. And I was still making $4 an hour, and I went up to him one day, and I explained that with all this extra responsibility I had, that it seemed like a raise was in order. And he thought about it for a little bit, looked at his shoes, looked at the ceiling, <laughs> looked everywhere except at me. And then he told me that uh, he could give me 25 cents more an hour. And that was kind of another kick in the gut moment right there. I felt like I had been slapped in the face. And I was trying to feed three children and another 25 cents just was not going to do it and that is the moment I pivoted right there standing in his office right there I decided what I would do and I calmly told him that he could keep his four dollars and 25 cents and I told him that I quit and I told him that thanks to him I had learned everything I needed to know about the ins and outs of running a fence company and I was gonna go start my own and do it better than him so that I could pay myself what I was worth and I walked out and never looked back and that uh, I started a company called the fence connection and that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey that's lasted all the way up until now I was 24 at the time and I'm 54 now I really dig that story and there's so much going on there there's so much to take from that what did you learn the most from that experience well I learned <laughs> that uh, I really um, and, and this has kind of plagued me my whole life. I really can't work for somebody I don't respect, number one. And, or, or that I think, and this sounds really bad, but it's hard for me to work for people that I think are dumber than me. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but because I'm always seeing a better way to do things. And, and really, that just means I got I to gotta work for myself. Um, I'm, I'm not very employable in that regard because um, I'm always trying to make things better, always trying to improve the situations at work or wherever. But, um, you know, there was a, even though when I started this fence company, now I went from working eight hours a day to working 16 hours a day <laughs> and really just working myself to death almost for a while. But 
I, I was doing everything under my own steam, under my own power, and that felt really good. And when I did go to sleep at night, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, and the thing that I like to get out of that experience that you had there was basically the same conversation that I had with Jeff Woods, uh, the host of the Mentee and the v, uh, vice president of the uh, the One Thing team with Gary Keller and Jay Papazon, is that he had a similar experience and he took full responsibility for it. He, you know, his job was getting cut, his pay was getting cut big time and he just took responsibility for it. And like you, he just made a pivot point and made a decision that he had to go out and do something on his own uh, so that he didn't have that one source of income. And, you know, there's just so much going on there. It's just amazing that you're able to make that decision and do that. It really it really started a whole new thing for me because I realized all the knowledge in the universe is available to me if I seek it out and 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 make it part of my knowledge and so i went on to learn so many different things you know welding i was a long-haul truck driver um uh construction of all types um just if there was something i was interested in i would just learn how to do it and then i'd do that and then i had another skill that i could um use it whenever I wanted to. I was a real estate agent for five years later on down the road. And then when the big recession hit, it wasn't a problem because I had all this stuff I could do. You know, I could just, I can always do something because I've made it a point to <laughs> fill my toolbox as it were with uh, different skills and abilities. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I want to point out too is the same thing I tell my boys all the time, especially my 17 year old. I told the same thing with my oldest one when they started in the workforce, you know, working for like right now, my 17 year olds working for a pizza hut call center. And I said, what I want you to do at this job is don't worry about the income. Don't worry about the money. The greatest thing you're going to get is by learning from the managers and it's customer service. So you're going to be dealing with people every day. That's going to be more valuable than the minimum wage you're getting paid right now. And that's going to carry on with you as long as you learn something from that and take that with you. And you said when you were when you were leaving the Army, you had no value for the marketplace. But as you worked for this guy, you consciously developed and, and built on that value. Then you just took off with that and did it better than they could because they obviously, whoever that guy was that you was working for, obviously didn't have the pride in his employees or and and the other point that i want to make too is it's not sometimes the company just cannot you know give their employees a raise some of them are greedy there's no doubt about that but some of them just physically can't do it if they did then they wouldn't have a business that's that's true this particular guy he he wasn't paying anybody nothing yet he was you know and that's pretty common in those some of those trades like fencing and framing and roofing the workers are just really abused and i've quit more jobs than I can count. I've probably quit 25 or 30 jobs in my life because the second I feel like um, I'm not being treated well or, or or respected or whatever, I mean, I'm out of there. I don't have to be treated that way. And then I, many times I would just go start my own company again. I've had several. So um, it, it's a different level of freedom. You know, I was a garbage man for a while in the city of Tacoma. And it was a really good job, really paid well. And they were talking about privatizing it. And these guys, my coworkers, they were all in panic and just, what will we do? You know, they've been garbage men for 15, 20 years. And I'm like, 
well, just go get another job. Just figure out something else to do and go do that. I'm like, <laughs> it just made sense to me. It's like I wasn't worried at all. And they were looking at me like I was crazy because it's just a whole different way of thinking. Um, you know, I'm not, I mean, and that's one thing I talk about on my podcast. As a man, we go through the world um, affecting the space around us and being the king, if you will, of our little sphere that we're in at any given moment. And this is my world, and I will make it how I want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into that. The Being a Better Man podcast, amazing name, absolutely eye-catching for me anyway, because I'm, um, you know, trying to build men of abundance and build a community of abundant men over here. So when I see anything that's also developing men, uh, I'm just drawn to it right away. So how did that all get started and, and where are you going with that? Well, once I knew I was going to start a podcast, I toyed with several different topic ideas, probably like you did too in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I finally decided on being a better man because looking around, that's where I saw the most need. So many guys are drifting into adulthood without any idea of what it means to really be a man. There are generations of men in the world now who were raised without fathers or without good mentors, without guidance, and it's starting to have an impact on our society. So I decided I'd see if I could make a difference, and I'm happy to say that from the feedback I get from listeners, it's working. Guys write to me with stories about how they're uh, being better men today than they were yesterday, and uh, if... If you want, I can share a quick, one of the first letters I got. It's pretty short. Oh, I would love that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I got this letter like right after, maybe a couple weeks after I started. And he said, Alf, thank you for putting this podcast out there. It showed up on my radar just at the right time with just the right message for me. I had a mirror moment a couple weeks ago and I did not like what I saw. There was very little man there. I saw a little boy bending to the whims of others, and I did not like who I am. I really don't entirely know who I am, but now I guess I need to figure that out. Thanks for being part of that process. And I was like, wow, so I'm on the right track. You know, even because even if I reach one guy and make a little difference, um, how many other lives will that guy affect? You know, so it's pretty awesome. It really is. And, you know, I've realized since I've been doing my podcast almost three months now um, and anything else that I've done in the past is once I do some reflection, I realize we beat ourselves up <clears throat> more than others do. We may think others are, but the fact is I was, you know, I beat myself up on thinking, is anybody listening? Is anybody out there? Because there's <laughs> really no feedback, right? Until right. you get a letter like that or until you get that email or you get that Facebook message or even somebody just throws something out there on social media and mentions you and says, thanks for this, that, and the other. And you're just, I mean, I'm just cloud nine. I'm uh, ecstatic, shaking almost. I'm just so excited. Yeah, it's really like fuel that keeps me going because... Mm -hmm. Like, so I've been doing it a little over eight months now, and things always happen in spurts. Like, I'll get two or three letters, and I'm like, this is awesome, and then maybe a month goes by with with nothing. And I'm, I start thinking, oh, man, I've lost them. And then I get another great letter, and I'm like, okay. And it just keeps me going on. Because um, that's really what it's all about. It's why, it's why I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, we are going to pay it forward to Men of Abundance. You ready to do that? Yep. Outstanding. 
Hey guys, you know I don't normally compare myself with other people or compare myself with what other people are doing, but sometimes I'm curious and I like to look around and see just what other people are using. And what I'm specifically talking about today is podcast players. So I'm kind of really just talking to my fellow podcasters. I've been looking at some of the websites that some of you have out there and I've been looking specifically at the podcast player. And I'm noticing that most podcast players out there are kind of skimpy. There's really not much to them. And then I go back and look at my podcast player and I see how many bells and whistles are included in my podcast player, which is included with my podcast website's platform. This is extremely important, and I don't think you realize just how important it is. Now, like I said, I've already made the comparison, but I want you to check it out too and just see what I'm talking about. Most of the podcast players just have a play button, and that's pretty much it. My podcast player that's included with my podcast website's platform has as many buttons as I want on there, and the buttons that I have there are just what I personally want and use. I can add much more. I have the download button, I have the iTunes button, Stitcher, SoundCloud, leave a review button, which is extremely important. I have a clamor it button. If you don't know what clamor is, you got to check that out. I have a subscribe on Android button, and I can have any other buttons on there that I want if I'm hosting on other platforms. In addition to that, I have the option to have a web form directly under my player, which I currently have. If you see where it says receive exclusive conversations, that's just another optional feature that I have built within my podcast player that again comes with podcast websites. So if you want to take a closer look at podcast websites and everything they have to offer, including all of the basic to very advanced training, go to menofabundance.com, click on the resources tab, scroll down and select the podcast websites link. By clicking on that link, you'll get a $10 discount. And keep in mind, they can and will move all of your stuff over from another WordPress platform. All right, now let's get back to today's conversation. So give three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Okay, here's my three steps. Step one, have a moment in the mirror. Take a good, hard, objective look at yourself and be really, really honest. Identify those things that are working, the things you like. Take note of your virtues, but then also get really brutal with yourself about the things you don't like because we all have some. The things that need improvement, identify your weaknesses. It isn't easy or fun. But we cannot improve the things that we don't know are broken. And step two, after you do that, is to pick one or two of those things you noted that need improvement. Think about them. Think about ways you could improve on them. Write them down if you need to. And then go out into the day. Go out into your life consciously looking for opportunities to be better in those areas. And every time you do something to make a correction, no matter how small, You've just become a better man today than you were yesterday. And the third step is to keep repeating steps one and two every day until you die. Because if you do that, you'll, you'll be committed to a path of perpetual improvement as a man. And you'll get as close as possible to your potential. But remember, it's not a journey. It's a destination. You never arrive. You just keep getting better. Those are my three steps. Beautiful. I love it. What daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life, Alf? 
Well, if I don't have some kind of schedule, I find that I just start doing random things that pop into my head, and I almost always wind up not accomplishing the most important things I need to do. So I have, I have a schedule of alarms. I break my day up into blocks of time where I'll focus on a specific task. And it really helps me out because if I don't do that, I get on rails. I'll get on one project and just do that until the next day. And something will else will get neglected. So in addition to my family and my podcast, I got this farm and I got hobbies. For me, it, for me, it's been helpful to schedule certain times of the day to work on each one. Like an alarm will go off on my phone and then I know I have to switch gears and work on something else. I even have an hour every day where I will do whatever my wife wants me to, <laughs> which really, <laughs> really eliminates the stockpile of honeydews because I'm working on them every day and she appreciates it. And, um, you know, I, I even schedule in my downtime because if I don't, I'll work until I pass out and I won't remember to relax. So everybody's different, but that's what works for me. No, I, I'm the same way. I got to schedule stuff. And I, I like that you said, I call it white space. I don't know what I'm going to do during that time, that downtime. I have my time that I schedule my stuff that I'm going to do. but uh, And I love that you schedule the time to, to uh, do whatever your wife wants you to do. And that's who knows what that could be. That's amazing. I love that. Today I wound up um, sorting out clothes in the closet. Not something I would do organically, but she really appreciated the help. So that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. That's wonderful. I, I'm just smiling. I love it. What book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Well, right now, I am reading uh, Tribes by Seth Godin. Even though it was written in 2008, I find it was very prophetic in how the world is changing in the corporate marketplace all the way down to small business. And he talks about no matter who you are or where you are in life or in the organization, we all nowadays have the potential to be leaders and the world needs leaders now more than ever. So I will have that book listed along with any of the links that are mentioned in the in this conversation at menofabundance.com and just search ALF in the search box and this episode will pop right up and you'll be able to see those complete with I love these timestamps that will take you directly to a point of interest in the podcast. So you don't have to, if you just have one area you want to listen to, click on that timestamp. It'll take you right there. You might have to teach me how to do that timestamp thing. I saw that on your website. I'm like, that's cool. I'll share some information with you uh, when I, when the, well, after this episode, because this episode will air uh, in a week or so. And uh, I'll share that information with you with it for sure. So I got one last question for you, Alf, and I, this is my favorite question of the whole conversation in most cases, and that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Well, I kind of started the episode like this. Um, I say all the time on my podcast that the most valuable things we possess in life are our relationships, and I really believe that's what abundance is all about. There are some super wealthy, successful people in the world who have no true relationships and they're in poverty because of that. All the best things about being a human, like joy, laughter, and love, are all products of our relationships. So in my opinion, focusing on and nurturing our relationships is the best path to abundance. Absolutely. Great answer. So we're going to close this up. And before we do, I'd love for you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance 
and uh, any way that we can get in touch with you, and I'll certainly have your Being a Better Man podcast link and to your website in the show notes as well. But what any other ways that we can reach you would be awesome. Okay. Well, my parting piece of guidance is uh, the things we focus on will expand, good or bad. So whatever you focus on will grow and develop and get bigger. So it's really important to check ourselves all the time and make sure we're not focusing on the bad things because we don't want them to grow. Focus on the good things. The best way to reach me is probably at my my website, which is www.beingabettermanpodcast.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I return every email I receive. So you can write me at alf at beingbetter.men. And I'd love to you know hear from anybody. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, I'll have all those links in the uh, contact ALF section of the uh, show notes. And you'll be able to just click there and go directly to his social media. And that way you'll have full access to ALF and give him, take him up on that. He, anybody who says, send me an email, they'll get back with you. Not everybody that we get a chance to talk to has that kind of time or even that desire to talk with you one-on-one. If you ever get a chance to talk with somebody like Alf one-on-one, take a chance, take the opportunity to do that. Well, I really value people's time. I mean, it's really a big deal to me when somebody takes time out of their day to send me a letter. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write them back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. Alf, I really appreciate your time speaking to that. And I appreciate all of, you know, listening to your story and you sharing your story with the men of abundance. It's been a privilege, Wally. Thank you very much. And um, thank you for what you're doing in the world, too, with your podcast, Men of Abundance. I like the name of of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right, man. Have an awesome day. All right. You, too. All right, Abundant Leaders. Once again, I appreciate you sticking around to the end. I trust you got as much out of that conversation as I did. And if you did, be abundant in your actions today and share this with other men. And make sure you go over to menofabundance.com forward slash 046. Click on this podcast episode. Scroll to the bottom just underneath the podcast player. Click on leave a review and leave a review. (laughs) I truly appreciate it. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.